The, the real person and we go what we'll get rid of this guy pete ferrero i'm feeling wonderful <laughs> kathleen looks crush tv crush worthy like so many special guests and all your questions live on the beverly hills 90210 show oh yeah Okay, here we are back on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. It is good to be here. Uh, it's always fun, Larry, when me and you get to go to the future of 90210 because we're in season six here. Um, I'm all about season six. I, I've been enjoying going back at it. It was, uh, it was all a blur to me. Uh, so it's been fun to see. You know, I, 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 you know, I have to remember the episode we're going to do today is Violated. That's right. It was directed by... Uh, Chris Hibbler, who, uh, you know, he did it. was a really good, uh, you know, regular director, and he did a lot of spelling stuff. He's no longer with us, but... Uh, Passed away a couple work, of years ago. His yeah. work, work holds up, and it was written by a writing team, Meredith Steam and Larry Mullen. It was just... Uh, Larry, <laughs> we, I have we, to we tell you, a couple. I, I reached back around to Meredith. I'm still waiting for a reply. So. I know. She is the president <laughs> of the Writers Guild now, and she was my neighbor, and I... And, you know, and we brought her on to the show, and, uh, you know, kind of... Uh, you know, shepherd her. Your neighbor. And, uh, and she so was your I, neighbor. I teamed up with her. Yeah, for these episodes. No, but we she was that. your neighbor. She, she, she was she lived. My neighbor. They grew up across the street. I watched her through high school and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, I want to say good. something really important to talk about. This is a high high priority. You have a book out. Oh, and okay. I want to. Yeah, I want to <laughs> say I've been running a promotion. Yeah. You know, uh, my third book is going to be back and available very soon. It, okay. It actually, is available now on Barnes and Noble, but it's going to be on Amazon and you know free for prime members and shipping stuff very soon but there's been a promotion for you know you buy a book you post it and i was going to send you a, a non-intuitive gift and people have been getting uh their signed uh first draft of the rolling stone script and very happy with it so that promotion's only going to go to april 15th okay because, uh, at that point i won't be able to do any stuff i'm moving east at that point so the shop closes but uh, it's a good gift. And then I'm going to do a lottery at that point. If people buy all three, I'm going to throw things in a hat. And I've got a really some cool stuff to uh, pick out of a hat. I've got some uh, a printed uh, Dylan McKay underwear. That was a gift wow. at the time. I've got other other kind of awesome memorabilia stuff we just got to kind of get rid of. Nice. Uh, so and, and please Luke, uh, check my book out, LarryMullen.com. Start with Sam Malo, and then get Cayuga, and then by that time you should be road to Shambhala. All caught up. Be there. All caught yeah. up for me. Uh, Luke Very Perry dull. wore those. Wore those. No, Luke. no, no. You <laughs> did not wear them. This was a, 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 I guess, either a promotion or something you could buy at the time. You could buy boxer shorts with his picture on them. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm sure lots of guys did. I, but uh, it's a very thin pair, though. I don't think I would try to wear wear them. Um, somebody may. You know what I mean? When they get them. You know, this girl, uh, Melanie, <laughs> that had, 
was there Melissa Belushi? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. She might wear them thinking that Luke that Luke uh wore them. Um bless Melissa, yeah. Yeah, we love her. Um I was gonna say I want to talk about next week's show. I'm really excited about it. We're still putting it together, but we're inviting all of our press friends back. It's been a minute since we've had press friends on this show. Yeah. So we're putting it together. I think we're gonna do the most shocking moments on and off screen at 90210. I can say mm. sa Sarah Herein is will be back with us from us. Okay, and Aaron, yeah, yeah, Aaron's sure. coming back from um, today's show. So there's going to be a whole bunch of fun people. USA so. Today, USA Today, yeah. Aaron. Oh, oh, Aaron is uh, Aaron is today, and then oh. uh, Sarah's Us Weekly. Yeah, oh, Us Weekly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've got some other feelers out to others. But hey, uh, we're going to talk about Violate It right after this cool ad. Well, well, well. When was the last time you checked out the Beverly Hills 90210 Show Shop? Because now it's loaded with so much more stuff. Did you ever want to join the gang at CU? Because now you can wear your official CU t-shirt. Or want to get into the fun with America's zip codes? Represent with this cool swag. Or maybe you have an invite to the Peach Pit after dark and need the coolest shirt ever. We have loaded the store with so much more. So don't be a squeeze. Head over to Beverly Hills 90210showshop.com for all the latest goods. Larry, I know I said I would bring everybody on here, but before we do that, this is something very cool. In this episode, there is all of this amazing art that Colin Robbins uh, made, right? Correct. But let's be realistic. Jason Wiles didn't draw anything. No. We searched and found an art artist with artwork that we thought would you know we could we could work with. It was good. Here Peter, he is, Peter Tickler. Peter Tickler, the real Colin Robbins, minus the Coke habit, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> just the hands, just the hands. <laughs> well, that's that's terrific, Peter. You're in Santa Monica still. Yes, I am. Oh, Hi, Larry, how you been? Very good. I remember the day, you know, we drove down in Steve Wasserman's Porsche to check out the artwork. We actually, you know, and Steve was a maven of art and he kind of knew everything. And uh, we liked it, Peter, and we liked his art. You know, it was going to work for us. And uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. I mean, this episode we're doing now, which you probably haven't seen, but uh, it actually has a gallery uh, aspect to it. And it shows a lot of the work at once and it really looks great. You know, all these years later. Do, so. do you remember? Well, I want to also show you, Larry. Um, I was invited to the art gallery because <laughs> yeah. I have, I have oh, Colin the Robbins the program oh, here. Yeah, yeah and uh, cool. is that one of your pieces, Peter? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's really amazing. Yeah, I think yeah. what we did was, um, you know, for the rights issue and all of that, we we created all of the work, you know, on set for for the show. Uh, we used, you know, some compositions of mine from other paintings and some of them we made spontaneously. Do you remember how, <laughs> do you remember how this came about these guys coming to see you and were you like, what are you talking about? Like for 90210, I'm sure you were aware of the show. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, well, a good friend of mine was, um, the set decorator. Jill Hankel. Jill, exactly. That's right. Oh, yeah. Jill. yeah. Okay, and, great. and her husband, right? Uh, Dick Dick Henkel. Yeah, I think he, yeah, I think he did a lot of the graphics. That's know, right. He he, he made this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but so 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 they came to see you, and then you just started to show them some pieces, and then how how did it play out? Um, well, uh, I guess they liked what they saw, and they were willing to um, you know do a contract as opposed to you know 
getting some people, um, you know, from uh, from the unions and everything. And they brought me in, and um, I was there for I don't know a few couple months at least, you know, on and off. Did you do the mural in the after dark too? They made a, a yes. big. Yes. Yeah, I remember Whoa. that. Where is that now? <laughs> Where is that now? <laughs> that would be so well, great. You, you we also could, we could tour with that. You made this right. That's in the background there. The I think that the piece that Colin. This is the art gallery, but I believe that's the birthday cake that he presents Kelly with, right? Maybe the big one is yeah. yes, yeah. right? Yeah, there were a few um, special pieces for episodes, depending on what the writing was. Yeah. So there were. Mm, let me see. I think there were a couple of portraits in there and some. I remember a red, balloon, a red balloon. Yeah. And <laughs> a birthday like cake. A few things, you know, a few special pieces. So we would make them. When, when you look, did you watch? I'm sure you watched the episodes at some point. Yeah, sure. Where, and this Colin is this eccentric, cokehead art, you know, art uh, artist. Were you like, oh, that's awesome, man. That looked good on TV. What did you think of it? Oh, I, I it was great. You know, uh, we had a great time, um, you know, pointing out <laughs> stuff. And, you know, <laughs> did you talk, to, way, uh, did you talk to Jason Wiles, who played uh, Colin? Did you did you have any relationship with Jason Wiles? I wouldn't say it was a relationship, but, you know, uh, every once in a while there would be uh, some interaction where yeah. he would say, well, how would an artist really sort of hold these yeah. tools or I would think so, yeah. look at something or set something up? You know, a lot of people might think of, you know, the cliche, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, right? Well, thank you for not doing that for him. I mean, exactly. <laughs> you should have uh, told him that. A little bit more realistic. <laughs> well, yes. what, a great, what a great gig. I'm, I'm so glad. Uh, that was, really, you know, it holds up and people... Still talk about that mural at the end. And you have sure. none of this. You have none of this art anymore. It's all gone. Jill probably has some. Yeah, you know, and it kind of disappears. Well, like I said, I didn't own any of the pieces that they actually used on TV because mm -hmm. of the rights thing. So, sure. um, you know, I made the pieces and it belonged to the show. So the, the you know, whoever can decide, you know, where they went, they went. I don't know. Yeah, our so, friend, our so friend Brian, like me, you were you were going out from Santa Monica to that little studio in North Hollywood. To work. Uh, Brian, yeah, I, I remember that. I remember that. Uh, yes, yeah, it actually was a it was a really nice uh, kind of warehouse situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, most of you. Uh, Brian wants to know: Was any of the artwork done in stages to simulate like Colin was working on something? Yeah. Sure. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's very good to see you, man. Uh, do you have anything coming up? I thought I saw something on Facebook or Instagram that you got a show coming up, or did I just make that up? Uh, no, I started these um, uh, sort of public interactive murals uh, a number of years ago, where I kind of set things up and the public is invited to come and paint. Uh, and I've been doing these, well, you know, I don't know, here, East Coast, Texas. So just, you know, I've gone all over for them. Uh, and I did have one at UCLA this past weekend. I think there's one or two coming up at the Getty um, sometime during the summer. Very cool. Yeah. Well, it was awesome to have you here. Uh, stay in touch with us and uh, let us know if you got anything coming up and you want us to plug it. We're happy to. Oh, great. Well, hey, it was nice seeing you, Larry. 
You too. Keep up the good fight in Santa Monica. I know you've, you've always been active <laughs> that, in the community. That is I, always, I've moved down further on the beach. I'm in Marina del Rey now. We've, we've been here for about 10 years now. Great. But uh, I've been in Santa Monica for 30 years, so I appreciate what people Peter did. All right, man. Have fun. Thank yeah. you, my man. Take care. All right. All right. Now let's bring on Cliff here, uh, our, hey. our, our, our Bruno. Uh, it's Bruno. good to see you, man. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, guys. Nice to see you again. I want to bring on Molly Campbell, but her camera's all over the place, Larry. Look, you're going to have to walk her through the setup here. Look, look. Okay, well, that, that's all right. <laughs> Molly, yeah. it's upside down, Molly. But, you know, the good news is that Molly uh, is here, is there. And in this particular episode, Violated, which is about sexual harassment, and we have our sluttiest girl who's kind of actually coming off as, you know, coming off, she's, you know, trying to find herself and is being less slutty. Uh, we we co co customed her just perfectly. Hi, Molly. Yes. I stole for you. Is she there? She's frozen. Molly is here. Okay. All there good, Molly? Okay. Yeah, there she is. She just doesn't hear her. I don't hear Molly, though. She's waving. She's I don't hear be, her, though. Her mic is probably... Her mic is muted. Something's All right, muted. Well, uh, but yeah. Cliff is here, and Cliff's in L.A., and it's great that you're here, because the episode of Violated is really an important, you know, important part as we're starting to move to the end of uh, the Dylan McKay uh, and Tony story. And, you know, it's a big pivotal part you play here. And uh, I'm not ashamed to say that I stole that whole storyline from Shakespeare. As you know, it's Father Lawrence uh, in Romeo and Juliet handing the missiles back and forth. Uh, it's just something writers do. We just go into automatic mode for that. <laughs> you know, we just say, oh, yeah, it's Father Lawrence. Okay, it's <laughs> great. So you're really happy about that. Um, but, you know, it, it takes a lot of heart to make that part work. And that's why I really appreciate your work. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You know, um, I was surrounded by wonderful people. And so, the you know, a lot of the feelings that I had was genuine. You know, Rebecca and I had a very special relationship because we were the newbies. And of course, you know, Dylan, Luke was very kind and very professional and really welcomed me in. So it was easy. So it was. I, I, and I wanted to, to ask you, I mean, you watched this episode. Were there anything, was there anything that you sort of what remembered we and Larry sort of joked on the Patreon. We should probably set this up a little bit better, Larry. We kind of came into Peter Tiegler. All right, so there's yeah. a lot of things. There's a lot of things happening in this episode, right? There's Colin uh, has a big art show. We've got uh, we've got this whole thing going on with uh, with Bruno passing the letter, and then we've got uh, Jamie Walters' character is going to be leaving us soon. Uh, we've got Valerie getting sexually harassed. There's a lot of stuff happening in this episode. That's how I like it, Pete. <laughs> so, what was the process like for you and Meredith? Because Meredith, as we said, was the was the co-writer or the writing team. Yes. She was. We brought her on as a story editor that year. She was fresh out of college. She was a neighbor of mine. She had shown some real promise, and uh, you know, and it, it was important this episode because. It, this is like a hashtag me too before, uh, you know, 30 years ago. And it's still the same. It hasn't really changed. Uh, you know, I haven't really evolved particularly much since then, but that's the way it was. And uh, it was just fun, you know, to, to work with her, you know, get a fresh uh, spar. She was, you know, obviously younger than me. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I had noticed that she was a, a real kid because she grew up across the street from me. But it was great fun. And, uh you know, but we had a big job to do because, you know, there's a lot of lifting in this episode. Namely, you know, we know we're getting the clock is ticking as we're getting closer to the end of uh, the, the Tony uh, Dylan story, the Tony Tony Dylan story. And the episode before this, which I had to remind myself, that's kind of it all comes out that the Dylan McKay character is really 
seeking vengeance, if, you know, against Tony Machette, and he's using the daughter. Everyone thinks he's using the daughter, and uh, we think the relationship's over. And but Dylan, you know, is in love with her. And as if you watch this episode, now Cliff, you said you watched it. I, I'm really bad, but I I timed the kisses. There's like 40 <laughs> seconds of kissing in this episode. It thinks it's an all time record. I think I show. think Luke liked kissing Rebecca. Look, I, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Luke. I was watching that scene in the library, and it was it was pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> How could you not, though? I mean, she's so gorgeous and stunning in this episode. And, she still is, by the way. I mean, if you if you follow her, she is. You just... know, again, uh, to, to set this thing up, when we set upon the, to do this uh, plot, you know, we really were outside our, our our lane, so to speak. We were, you know, we were not in our lane. We're telling a, you know, a fairly uh, high stakes, you know, mob story, really, you know, mob love story, all of a sudden. And so we needed people who could deliver that authenticity. And we cast Stanley Camel, who was a godsend, and just brought, we talked about it, Molly, before. It was a gravitas to the part. And, you know, you just, he's just, you just believe it. And, um, and then we cast in the part of Bruno, which we knew was going to be the Father Lawrence part, which, you know, uh, you know, uh, Cliff and uh, Cliff Weissman. And, you know, just you had everything working for you in that audition. I remember just because we just the size wise, you look like you could be a bodyguard. At the same time, you know, there's a softness to you, too. So it's just just sometimes as an actor, everything it works for your favor. You know? well, I want to talk about a couple of things here with Luke, because Luke is going to be leaving the show. And Larry, I'm, I know we've probably talked about this previously, but it was a big deal that Luke Perry was leaving 90210. And you, you know, there's no Chuck, right? So you're, you, Jessica and Steve are sort of running the ship at this point. And is there anything that you can do? Like, I mean, is, are people trying to convince Luke to stay or was it just, is it just, it's over? Like, you know, what, yeah, what no, is that? No. We, we knew it was over. I don't think we did when we did the uh, the the two part at the end of season five in Palm Springs where he basically meets uh, no he, he doesn't meet the Stanley Camel in that he, he gets hung out the uh, the aerial tramway in Idlewild you know to, to stay away from Jack from uh, from from whoever oh, that's right kill yeah. his father you know so he gets warned off it but uh, you know no we we found out that Luke this was going to be it I think ten episodes was going to be it. And then, you know, we had that responsibility and, and to do it as best we could. I mean, because we love the character and we love Luke and every, you know, it was, it was going to be emotional. And, you know, we just stayed with what we had. We played the cards we were dealt, which was this whole thing about vengeance about his father, you know, and then we could create this other story, this Tony and Tony, you know, this confusion we can get through a couple of episodes. Because, again, we're always thinking in a way it's a manufacturing thing, you know, how many episodes we're going to have to tell this story in. And we thought we, you know, we knew we had 10, basically. Yeah. So that's what, that's kind of where where we went with it. But it was also, there was so much emotion because, you know, Luke leaving, we, you know, no one at that point realized he was going to come back. So, and then, you know, but then again, so much of the, of the job is when you cast people who are right. Like we cast Rebecca Gayhart. Now, if Jessica was here, she'd tell the quick story about the original actress we wanted was Carrie Russell. We cast get Carrie Russell. We went to Mr. Spelling and and we said, we really want this girl, Carrie Russell. And and he went and he goes, ah, he says, no, who's going to believe she'd be a daughter of a powerful man with a curly hair? <laughs> so we go, okay. So anyway, we, we saw Rebecca Gayhart and, and for some reason, 
that was okay. And then we found out later he was saving Carrie Russell for another show he was doing, which was Malibu Shores of the time. Oh, that's amazing. Typical manipulation thing. But, <laughs> but so Rebecca Gayhart, her curls were okay, but Carrie's weren't. But we were so lucky because she was just uh, instead know, of Mr. Spelling just saying, "Hey, I think I want to save her for this other show." Can we? You go with some? No, it's a whole a song. I love, I love yeah. it so Hello, much. Lover. Come on, lover. Come on. <laughs> Sit down. Hey, Molly, tell us about Rebecca Gayhart, you know, how that was. She was absolutely lovely. Just lovely. A perfect figure to dress. Um, I, uh, uh, one of these times when we've done these uh, shows, uh, we talked about the wedding. Yeah. Um, with her. I think she was I, with us. Yeah. 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 And uh, I was so sorry about the things that happened later in her real life. Like, yeah. Yes. Terrible car accident. Yes. Yes. There was a fatal uh, so, fatality. Yeah. You know, that she said yeah. You know. Uh, you know. I I, I. I was not. I don't ever bring that up. But it is such a horrible thing that happened to Rebecca. And I mean, yeah. there was no. There was no. There was no. Uh, she was. There was no charges ever brought. But she was just part of a of an accident. No. It was. Just, it was just a horrific thing that that happened to her. And. um you know, I want to just say something. an accident. Correct. But I just want to say every once in a while, and I'm just, I don't mean to stand on a soapbox here, but every once in a while, some idiot will write something about it on our YouTube. And I have to delete and block the person for writing about it. This was an accident. And Rebecca, Rebecca Gayhart's an amazing person. I'm sure that she lives with this every single day of her life. Please stop writing that on our, on our page. It's just inappropriate. Um, but now that you brought it up, I, I figured I might as well mention it. Cliff, I'm well, sure. I'm, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Molly. I just want her to have everyone's understanding and sympathy, empathy. Um, she's uh, she was an extraordinary young lady in the show. In some of those scenes with Dylan, uh, and it's so hard to look at Luke. Who was so young and vital? They all were so young and vital. Um, yeah, it was a really exceptional episode, I thought. And I thought some of the stuff with Jenny was remarkable. Yeah, Mary Cross. Which uh, storyline do you want to hit first? We should probably try to. Well, I want to. I want to. I want to say with Cliff. I want to ask Cliff. Were you aware that this? I mean, you obviously knew Luke was leaving, right? So you were aware of that. Was there any kinds of conversations about that for for you or anything like that? Was he Luke? Yeah, like, or was what was the atmosphere sort of like when you were there? You know. I, I didn't really get that. You know, I really didn't get that he was leaving the show at that time. Uh, you know, it's funny. When I first met him, I went up to him and introduced myself. And he said, how'd you get this job? And I was like, what kind of a question is that? <laughs> and I thought, boy, this guy's a jerk. You know, and right. I came home with my wife. I was like, he asked me how I got the job. I said, I auditioned for it. What did you think? Um, but I think he knew somebody else that was up for it. I think that was oh. the reason why he was asking. Yeah, but um, nonetheless, he turned out to be very kind, very professional, very warm. And in fact, at one point, um, my wife came to set and he just said, you guys are such a good looking couple. And it was he was just so personable. There was no indication that he was leaving, um, at least to me, uh, certainly not in this episode. Um, maybe if I think about it, the last episode that he shot, there was definitely, you know, 
you talk about gravitas and, and heaviness to it. And I think that that might have certainly seeped into the work at that on those couple days, the, the you know, the wedding and then of course, you know, the funeral scene. And then obviously the the climax of the of his leaving. Um, so to answer your question, no, not really, except maybe that last episode. Right. I got you. Um, and we were talking about Rebecca and you said that you guys had a special relationship, Cliff. Well, I'll only mention it because she mentioned it last time we were on together. She said mm. that she felt a little isolated from the other women on the show. And mm. you know, again, we were both we were both newbies. We were newbies, essentially. So we we bonded. So we had a very special relationship, very similar to, you know, uh, Bruno and Tony. You know, so that's why I was saying it was very easy to play that role. It's interesting too about some about coming on as a guest star to some of these to, to this show. I mean, where Rebecca might have that experience with the women, you would not have that experience. Right. Do, do you know what I mean? So, what can you do for guest star to guest star? Is there anything you can do and talk to her about what's happening? I we chatted. I mean, confidentially. We chatted confidentially, and, and I had similar feelings initially because of that first interaction with Luke. Luke, right. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And Jason, <laughs> although Jason had cast me, I mean, Jason was great. Jason directed the first episode that I did, and he was great, and he really put me at ease. So there was still, there was a little bit of being the outsider new, and then ultimately, it was just, you know, I hate to say it was chit-chat, but it was chit-chat about, you know, it's the only thing we had in common was the show at that point. Sure. So we I got talked you. about it and about our feelings about it and about being there. And, you know, we were part of a phenomenon at that point. And well, I mean, we, Larry and I, we talked about it on the on the uh, watch along that we do on Patreon. And, you know, when you think about iconic moments, we were just saying we're going to do an episode like that on and off screen. Like this is this becomes one of the most iconic episodes of Beverly Hills. Now, oh, this whole storyline. I mean, I think, Larry, it's one, I think it's the highest rated is, is that. One one wedding and a funeral is a single yeah. episode. I think so. Yeah. So I mean, you're you know, in yeah, the terms was, of the nine hundred two one zero universe, Cliff, you are a part of something is that is just the the hugest, yeah. right? You know what I mean? And I have to tell you that as an actor, there's there's nothing better than that. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> really see it's, your work. People see your it's work. Really, a you know, it's a nice thing. I have friends that have done sort of iconic roles here and there, and they're they're still known for them and. uh just to have a little part of that and to still people go, Oh yeah, I remember you because you know, 90210 Bruno, you know, that's a, that's a nice feeling for an actor. So uh, I'm really, it's very grateful. And the fact that I'm doing this 25 years later, it's crazy. I want to ask you though, after this episode airs, well, or, or, or you start are in the world of 90210, maybe not this particular episode, but as the episodes start coming out, are people identifying you as this limo driver, asking you for a ride here. And there. I, um, more than limo <laughs> well, I'll tell you one funny story is that um, I, I was working at the Four Seasons Hotel at that point and I had my day job and I, for some reason I got dropped off my wife. We had one car, we were, we were poor and we were sharing a car and I got dropped off in Beverly Hills and had to get to the Four Seasons and I was walking and I was late and I sort of stuck my thumb out and this woman picked me up and she said, oh, my gosh, you're on 90210. <laughs> Why are you hitching a ride? <laughs> I said, well, I got to get to work. I wait tables. Oh. You know, so anyway. oh, man, that's oh, great. You're talking about the one on Burton Way. Yeah. Yeah, course, that's exactly yeah. right. Right yeah. off of Burton Way. So, um, yes, there, was, there, was, there were definitely yeah. times, certainly more so um, 
you know, early on than, than recently. Occasionally people will bump into me and say, you look familiar to me, but that could be from a number of things. Yeah. yeah. But um, yes, when I entered the universe, there was one moment in particular, which I might've shared the story. I went to the theater in Washington in Seattle with my wife and literally the audience parted because I was recognized. It was the, most, <laughs> it was the strangest thing because everyone was looking at us. Um, so it, it's amazing. Fame is, is interesting. As I often say, you know, you get 15 minutes of fame. I had five, got 10 minutes. Me <laughs> too, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're, my five. Well, I was going to say, we're crawling into minute six or seven right now. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, uh, uh, I was going to ask you, uh, Molly, about the other storyline that's going on here with Valerie um, is that she's harassed by uh, Professor Haywood. And, yeah. you know, and the outfits that Valerie wore, you were very, you were really costumed her perfectly because she wasn't, she wasn't salacious or anything like that. Do you remember putting the wardrobe together for Tiffany? Yes, I do. And she was always a great gal to work with. She always had good ideas and whatever, but that episode was, uh, we tried to give her the hot colors, and uh, it's interesting. I'm sure we sat with Molly because we in our tone meeting and told her, you know, and also with, within the context of the character, look how high that uh, that neckline is. There, right. Anyway. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Uh, but was she was coming off the yeah. thing where she had helped brought she had helped the David character <clears throat> not commit suicide, and they were starting to bond, and she kind of was going straight. No, we had this to, thing. we always take out of what it really. She's saying she always paid she oh, paid attention to what was written. Yes, exactly. And it was really important that that she did not give off too much sexual. I mean, she just by being she was sexual enough, but but we didn't no, want to accentuate it like we normally do. So I thought all the outfits and we, Pete and I watched it again to kind of see the moves on it and see where it all went wrong in the hashtag Me Too world of it. It was pretty oh, interesting how this story played out. I was pretty proud of it actually. And Meredith was, uh, did a good job, obviously, too, my, my young the female writer at the time. And I thought the dialogue with the two, you know, Dylan and her, and Rebecca in bed, oh. and Jenny well, no, and Jason, you know. Yeah, there's some hot stuff there. Um, like a drink, do you remember like uh, Mary Crosby? Do you remember Mary Crosby yeah. in this thing? Yeah. Yeah, I do, because I remember that outfit. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. And Mary Crosby, who was in the episode, is always remembered as uh, for the series Dallas. She was when it, they had the big promotional yeah. campaign. Who shot Jr.? Her character was the one who turned out shot Jr. Mary Crosby. Now, also, in 1979, <laughs> she was in a half-hour sitcom out of Paramount on ABC called Brothers and Sisters about fraternities oh, and sororities. And I was in it. I played <laughs> George, the nerdy. Uh, I was literally 32 years old. I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, you can appreciate Aren't you 32 it. 32 now? I, and I was playing like a 20-year-old. Um, but, you know, I was Canadian. Those years don't count. So, you know. That's right. Well, Larry, I want to ask you about writing the, the, the Me Too story. Oh, yeah. um, and and this and the, the, Mark Shira is the actor who played uh, the Professor Haywood. He, I thought he did a great job. Tell me about writing this and putting that out, well, that storyline together. I will. First, we should just give a little bit of a, for Mark Shira. Mark Shira 
was in the original cast of SWAT that was on TV. And he also was in Barnaby yeah. Jones for like 100 million episodes. So he was really oh a God. seasoned actor by the time he was like 45, 50. And I don't know what he is now. He's probably you know, my 70. Age, my yeah. age. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, this is an interesting episode because I think it was supposed to be a sweeps episode. But the way this season started out where we burnt off two episodes in one night. You know, I told you that story about why. Uh, Mr. Spelling wanted to blunt uh, Darren Stars. Wait a minute, tell, tell that story again, just in case okay. people have not, uh, well, and they're watching you know, it for the first time, and they're we, hearing we, a new we, story. We're shooting, everything's going well, we're doing 32, but we've we finished a couple. We don't. We actually had the first one finished, and then Aaron brings us upstairs, Mr. Spelling brings us upstairs and says, you know what we're going to do for opening? We're going to have two episodes on. We're going, really? So we have to like rush and post it on the second episode really quickly. And it just seemed odd at the time, but then we realized there was a new Darren Star show on CBS that was premiering at nine o'clock, like theoretically after us. And I think he thought that Darren thought that he could take our audience. They just would move from Fox to CBS from, from when, when our show ended, they go seamlessly over to his. And so he wanted to kill that because he was competitive. <laughs> and so he, he made us do two shows at once. And so, yeah, this show then, everything got moved up so this show did not end up in sweeps but it was a one it was a one-off show where you know usually we build up storylines over a couple of episodes but this is just one thing and we had valerie and her character at that point you know she's they're considering a relationship with david she's trying to you know be the best she can be and she does nothing wrong in this episode even though her past is is, as a slut is well documented uh and of course the guy comes on to her and it's all okay when he backs away the problem is he then gives her a bad grade right you know, so that's where it, if he yeah. hadn't have done that well i mean listen like even he's a little bit out, he's a little bit out of hollywood he's a little bit out of line at the at the hotel yeah, he invites you know, hey you know he goes you, went, try, you know whatever you know whatever. he went for it he went right. for it yeah he didn't uh yeah i mean he did buy her a drink. you know look it was obvious i mean she she you know anyway but, like the yeah, one but not giving the grade shows the power, you know, using power, which you know we all kind of understand now. Right. I mean, well, let me just show you. This is what Valerie is wearing. Um, I mean, again, it's not bad, but she outfits. My no, and this is really rare for us because usually, you know, we're pushing the envelope on it. I'm well, I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean pushing the envelope. It's not low cut or anything like that. But she looks incredible here. Do you know what it means? Oh yeah, she's in a gorgeous little skirt too. It's just a little. I wish we had her standing up, but just these those skirts little skirts were so fabulous. Little frill out the ends, you know, kind of. That's great. Just beautiful stuff. I mean, she just wore clothes beautifully then. Yeah, and you know, it was a storyline that uh, I'm sure, in a way, you know, about season six, you know, all the staff to start the season would have to go to sexual harassment seminars. This is like ninety five. Oh my god. Was always timed at the worst time. I know we have to spend a day, a day, <laughs> under trying to understand what in, inappropriate behavior was. I, that's how long ago this has been going on. I mean, you know, and it was always funny to me that the actors never had to go. <laughs> that's, where I, that's where I would really see it as Molly Phillips. You know, being like a hazing thing, you know, for young actresses and young actors or mm. certainly people got you know they didn't get physically abused they got mentally abused well definitely on the female side you know ribbon you know it's just like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna try to show a scene i have the whole episode here so i don't know where where you're gonna land but let's see how it plays out tony i'm sure i'm the last person you want to hear from right now, but I couldn't stop myself. 
Whatever it is between your father and me had nothing to do with the way I feel about you. You're an incredible woman. I know you'll find happiness with someone who deserves you a hell of a lot more than I do. All right, Larry, I want to mention this because Bruno is the one that delivers the letter. I know. We, we, we talked before we got on camera, Molly. <laughs> we, we talked about if Bruno hadn't delivered the letter, Tony still might be alive. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, God. we can't lay that. But that's just, you know, look, that's the, the, the fickle hand of fate. I mean, you know, it's a classic story, you know, Father Lawrence. Um, Do you remember Lawrence sort of doing some of that, Cliff, with, with her? And I was watching it, and, and I'll be honest with you, I don't remember filming that scene as much as I remember that um, makeup asked me if I wanted some sunscreen on my face because we were <laughs> shooting outside. And I said, sure. And I started sweating, and then the sunscreen got in my eyes. Oh. And I, it was burning me, and I couldn't see. And oh, that's terrible! Oh, I, I think you're kind of squinting a little bit in the take, maybe. Oh, yeah. That's that's more of what I remember was like, oh no, I'm, I have to shoot this thing, and I can't. You know, well, my eyes you know, are killing me. Um, the other scene we shot there, and I think it's the same location, probably the same day. Uh, you know, where to- Tony and Dylan get busted, or father, you swing by the, you know, from the airport, you're trying to stop. You know, they they think right. that her father's going to be out of town and everything's going to be great for them. And he swings by one more time and say, and it's really it's the basic scene where she basically chooses Dylan over her father. And the next thing we know, she's moved in with him. So I mean, this is a big jump in this episode, and it's a big scene. And you just see how terrible you feel when you you, you can't talk about out of, out of going. You said, no, we got to get to the airport. We got to get to the airport. Yeah, that's actually my favorite moment. Watching watching yeah. this again, I was like, that that was I. You know, if I could say yeah, that was well done. You yeah, know? I thought so too. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about again, working with um, again? These are good moments in our drama because they because sure. you know the audience is really with them. This couple, they're really rooting for this couple, and we know we're going to kill this girl. It's going to be devastating. What and about working with Stanley, uh, Cliff? Stanley was a veteran at that time, and I was still relatively new to Los Angeles, so he was a bit of a mentor on set, um, a little bit. Um, he certainly knew his stuff, and so. Um, you know, I just remember talking to him about the industry. That was really, I was really new at that point and was like, you yeah, know, how do you do this? And what do you, you know, and so he was kind of mentoring me as far as the industry was concerned. As an actor, he was phenomenal. He had wonderful technique. You know, he had, as you said, he had brought this gravitas, but he had these amazing eyes. Yeah. You could just see everything going on in his face. And, you know, so it was lovely to work with him, but mostly it was because I was so new. I mean, I really was new and this, Outside of one job, I, this was my second job in California, in L.A. So um, we talked a lot about business from mm. an actor perspective. He seems like somebody that would be a great mentor, too. I mean, he just he delivers this character so well. I mean, he, he's just such a talented guy. I mean, he's so intimidating, yet such a teddy bear when it comes to Rebecca or, or, or um, Rebecca. Yeah. Well, well, Tony, you know, Tony, Tony. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, he's, he's heartbreaking when he, you know, he says, you know, I'll never see you again or whatever it might be. It's yeah, heartbreaking as a parent to, to, to say that to your daughter. Here's yeah. another quick scene. Hopefully it's the scene. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, this is good. Like, is he going to shoot him? What's going to happen here? When you didn't answer, I came around. So what? You come to give me my letter back? No. This is for you from Antonia. But understand, it's the last communication there'll be. I understand. I like you, Dylan. 
I wish you luck. Dear Dylan, meet me in the library tomorrow. This is so Shakespeare. I mean, you, you, you know. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed. That's when you're great. 32, you automatically go into these, you know, well, you know, there's only so many stories. Cliff, what about finding Bruno? I mean, I know that's probably, you said you were newer to acting and newer to LA, but was there someone that you kind of based Bruno on or where did you, who, who was Bruno to you? Um, who was Bruno to me? That's an interesting question. I, you know, I couldn't, I wasn't a parent at that point. I was an uncle and um, quite honestly, my sister's husband had passed away. Mm. And so I was kind of a father figure to her two boys. She's actually watching this right now. So I'm sure she'll probably start to get emotional. Um, but nonetheless, there was that parental thing. I wasn't a parent. Um, and I think I drew some on some of that. Um, obviously, he had an allegiance. He had a job to do as, uh, you know, uh, uh, Stanley's, you know, driver. But he was conflicted. He was conflicted. And what's so interesting about that scene is that the letter is open. So I probably knew what the letter said, probably. And then later on, it sort of indicates that I knew what was going on, you know, and I just, I, I you know, I didn't have to deal with her, her dad. So I was, you know, again, it was that parental thing more so than the loyal employee. Um, and I, I guess just at that point at my, in my life, I was probably drawing upon being a good uncle. Yeah. I mean, we like the idea of this kind of like bodyguard guy having these feelings for this kid like that. That's what really, you know, you know, made the thing work. Yeah. I love the guy. You know, he had a heart of gold, you know, the, you know, the tough guy with the heart of gold. And that's, you know, you know that's those, those characters are always, you know, they're nice to play instead of just all, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the episode before oh, nice that. What, what, what's that, that cliff? I, I just said thank you for showing my clips. That's really nice. <laughs> oh, they're 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 really amazing, man. I mean, the comments here have been really great about you know what you brought to to that character. So, and you know you 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 didn't you weren't you weren't Stanley. You know what I mean? Like in terms of the character, you know you you had to be a little bit different. And as Larry kind of said, you know. Uh, or you said as this uncle, right? You know what I mean? And it was it was beautifully done. So whatever you tapped into was just really lovely, man. Thanks. Yep. Thank you. Uh for Molly, uh, how about how about some of this these outfits here? Love it. Claire in this see-through oh. and Donna in a these these half shirts yeah. were a thing, huh? Molly. We've led the whole country in those in those. <laughs> What is she wearing under the? Uh, what is Kathleen wearing? Is it a bra? A, a bra, or is it like a, a bikini black, top? Black bra, a black bra under a see-through white shirt. Wow. Yeah. Thank I you. I just remember saying, "Yes, yeah, I'm all for that. I'm all over that." Was Let's go. More willing to do it than Kathleen. Yeah. yeah. It's that's true. right. She's 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 lovely that way. <laughs> um. Let's see. I want to talk. The best. Oh God, yeah, for sure. She's she's great. I mean, I wonder, Cliff. I mean, because Kathleen obviously has told me about coming into that set, and then she got made to be a, a series regular. Was she somebody that Rebecca also talked to that you that understood that you guys understood, or did you not have that interaction with her? I didn't have any interaction outside of just you know the the scenes. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um. The, let's talk about Colin. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Colin, Larry. I saw that pop up, but this art show, and I showed at the beginning. I have the, I have the, I was invited, so I have that here. 
Um, talk to me about this this person that uh, Claudia, you mentioned her, Mary Crosby, and she she t- uninvites Kelly uh, to the to the to the well, art show again. You know, Colin Robbins was a bad boy. Okay, so Colin Robbins was an artist, and as an artist, he was, as Kelly says, he was What's a whore. Jason? He, Jason Wiles, yes, Jason, Jason Wiles. Does a wonderful job. We have to get Jason on the show. He hasn't. Uh, he's a. He's been avoiding us. But what's that, Molly? I said that shirt that he wears in the show is one of my favorites. It's oh, oh, the the high the high button one. The... Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, no, Jason does a great job as Colin. He's in the he's in you know he's in the whole the whole season. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, uh, but as an artist, we just kind of took some liberties of him being the bad boy. And again, trying to create little triangles within triangles. And now we have, this is a wild, this is a wild triangle though, because the art dealer, she's paying for his, I don't even art. And he's, I guess, sleeping with the, 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 occasionally she has to sleep with her. Yes. (laughs) This is what happens in the dirty world of art. You know, is this this based on anything, anything that you are aware of, or is this just everything I'm aware of? Uh, you know, you I think there. about you know. I'm, as a young man, I, I I did get to go out to Jackson Pollock's studio in East Hampton, but uh, and he hung out again with really rich people. This is before his his work sold for a lot of money, and that's you know when you yeah. hang out with rich people, they they throw things your way. I'm sure the place he had out there, he wasn't paying for. Yeah, um, uh, Melissa says uh, Jason Wiles was so hot I had a mad crush on him along with Brian when I was a preteen. Uh, Jason Wiles, you see, this is the kind of stuff that you're going to be hearing about if you come uh, on the podcast. We're going to get back on Jason. He's going to come back on. He's a good guy. But yeah. uh, yes, he's avoided. But again, we had a triangle in the triangle. You have the art dealer, you have Colin, and you have Kelly. And in this episode, again, it's a classic thing. He has to make a choice. He does. He gives up for his career for 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 Kelly Taylor, and in a way, kind of declares his love, which was important to us because we're we got to ride him for you know a, a ways, and we're going to get her hooked on cocaine pretty quickly. And he sw- he sweeps outside. Remember, he has the broom, and he. Sweeps. Oh yeah, yeah. She said she'd have more respect oh, for if he would sweep. Yeah, and it's just again I small gestures like that. It's a sweet moment. We wanted people to like him, and we wanted to, yeah, again. You know, it's an unreliable narrator, but yeah, we you know we want we want people to invest in that relationship. You know, so we 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 give it our romantic best. What was that, Molly? Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, the other thing, Larry, that's happening here is that um, Ray Pruitt is going to be leaving the show. Oh yeah, we're already on the uh, getting Ray out of the show uh, mode. You know, we've already gotten our marching orders. As you'll see in this episode, he's in the opening credits. Uh, our, our good buddy Jamie is in the opening credits. As you know, we all forensically look at our careers, <laughs> but there he is there, and then probably be removed from the credits. Probably you know about. And it's shows. so awkward the way they cut them out. It's just, it's like they just cut, they just cut the moment out. Like it's not like it never happened. But we all watched yeah. the first, yeah, ep- the first, I don't know, first uh, ten. Maybe yeah, we know what I happened. I can't remember sure what episode he goes out. But I want to watch anyway, this, and we, I know we, we've but talked again. We we tried to be honest with that. Now, if you watch that scene, uh, he talks about you know if we bring up the fact of rehab, which was always our plan for him. You know, after you know we had this anger management problem, we we thought we could redeem him. We just didn't. Uh, taken you know again we just messed up well i want to ask you though because we've talked about this and we've talked about it with jamie so we're not talking like out of left field here but i want to ask you about the moment when 
Mr. Spelling tells you that you have to do this. Because now, I mean, listen, you're taking over the show and you've got the responsibility to go and tell this actor, Jamie Walters, who is incredible and everybody loves, you're, you're out of here in a, in a nice way. So wh- what did you, do you remember what that conversation was I like? I remember the conversation was outside the studio where we shot the Peach Pit After Dark and I took him aside there and we were up against the brick wall and I just, I said, look, I said, the good news is they just signed you for a million dollars and you're going to get that. But, you know, we have to, you know, there's nothing we can do. The old man made it, you know, he, that was it. I mean, Mr. Spelling made a decision there and, and uh, there was no arguing back. I said, like, you know, like I, I think if Chuck was there, with he had the equity, equity with uh, Mr. Spelling, maybe he could have won it. But it was going to be hard because we just didn't realize the power of that scene and how negatively it affected him and, and how he thought that uh, Tori herself, not Donna Martin, looked stupid. Oh, you mean Mr. Spelling thought that Tori, yeah. the yeah, actress, because because uh, again, it was all driven by fan mail. Then there was no social media, so if you got like three people saying, "How could Donna be so stupid?" You know, why is going on? Why was she with this guy? Don't be with him. And you know, I've been. And you know, we were looking for explosive storylines. So we were always trying to push the edge and stuff. And we thought we could really deal with abuse and stuff. We we were very naive, uh, and uh, you know, we all learned them. You know, that's just the way it happens. Sometimes, again, you know. But what a tough thing! Way. I mean, you dealt with a lot of shit. I'm, you know, for the first for the first time that you get into this job, you, first of all, I well, mean, I, we've we've talked about it a little bit, but the, there was a problem. There was uh, staff changes in the writing world. Things were ch- changing a little bit with some of the people yeah. you were working with. Yeah, it was hard. The staff changes are hard because we were doing so many episodes, as Molly knows, that you really didn't have time to catch people up. <laughs> <laughs> they just had to, you know, jump on and, and understand the whole history of what's going on. And uh, so, you know, that season six, uh, Chip did not come back. Chuck did not come back. So that was really two big voices that, that were left. And, and then it's and then Larry Mullen is still here. Yeah, Larry yeah, Mullen is still here. There. And Steve and Jess were, you know, where they were, you know, they were going through their changes because they're. You'll notice the uh, the first episode of the season they wrote together, but then after that they wrote separately. Right, there was a split. I don't think it's a secret. A split. They split yeah, up. They, split. I mean, she's talked about so that. that was, yeah. So that yeah. that yeah. that that uh, yeah, that was another layer of stress. I would imagine so. And then and then Luke is leaving the the, the yeah, hot leaving, the hot hunk will, of the know, show is leaving yeah. the show, yeah. right? But again, we felt so good about the casting and that storyline. We just knew it was going to be great. What we were worried about was after that, you know, what, whether it was just going to be a huge drop off. What do we have coming? I mean, well, that is and, a big one. And then what we did was, I think that's when we kick into the storyline with Colin and the cocaine and, you know, and Kelly going down there and Kelly ended up in rehab. And then we're into the, uh, the single white female story with Tara and stuff. And, you know, we, we yeah, no, you big, kicked it up. You some, kicked it up. Of, we had some stuff which we thought was, you know, Sweeps worthy <laughs> in terms of uh Steve and Claire in this episode. Oh, yeah, Steve and Claire, they're they're yeah. gonna ha- they're gonna have that's, the first the time comedy, the comedy runner, yeah. And it's in a hotel, I mean, it seems amazing for, for them, but there are all, all kinds of uh handcuffs and toys and stuff, Larry. This, this yeah, happened, it's all right. <laughs> it, you know, this actually happened to me on a family vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I went to like a, I think it was the Mission Bay Hilton in San Diego, and we check in. You know, my kids are fairly young, and you know, it's on a break from probably this show, even probably that's where I got the idea. <laughs> and uh, 
And under the bed was this, you know, like the pleasure hut thing. There was all this shit going. My wife's got to get really pissed off. She sees this stuff. Got, the kids, you know, pushing, you know, one of the kids is like a rug rat at that point. He could be pulling out the handcuffs. So, yeah, I just thought it was a funny thing. And, you know, we use everything in our lives because you just need a lot of story when you're doing 32 hours. It's great, though. So that became a, a runner, you know. But yeah, what, it's, but it's okay. What, what you do is, that's brilliant or is great is just that, you know, Claire has this history, which I love, of course, as yes, a Claire again, because we, we, we love our fans. Yeah. And we want, we yeah. know they'll remember the fact that, you know, she tried to put – she handcuffed herself to uh, Brandon's bed in the, the second time we saw her in, the, in episode four, I think, and in season four. And and also in, in and the also and, episode, and, which but, I wrote. <laughs> and David, she did that with as well, yes, right? Exactly. Yeah. They had that too. So yeah, she had a little history of handcuffs. And but of course they're looking for their romantic thing too. So you know, it kind of was in the theme of violated. You know, we were you know, it was a good it was a good episode for, for so many diverse storylines. And and again, we had to do that because we had a big cast and they all were hungry for work. You know, they wanted to, you know, mm. their their characters were alive. One other note, I that I noticed that when when Dylan, when we, we talked about that when uh, Marchette comes to the comes to the um to the, to the campus, yeah, yeah, Dylan he, refers to him as Marchette, right? Instead of because there's two Tonys now in the scene, and he starts to call him Marchette throughout the whole rest of the run, which is uh, which is I mean I think that's awesome that he refers to him by the last name, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it was just easier to. Is that something that you wrote, or did Dylan just, or Luke Perry does no, that? No, we just did that. No, Luke would not do that. No, oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I've seen some no. of his dailies. We don't, you know, Luke just goes wherever he wants. So sometimes he does, but we bring him back on this thing because we we'd be worried about the Tony Tony thing a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, we created that to to buy an episode of confusion. Like who who was Tony Marchette? Tony Marchette's this guy who killed my father. Oh my God, Tony Marchette is this girl. You know, it's so brilliant. It's brilliant. And now it comes. An now they are all in the same place, and we need to find another way to say Tony and Tony. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but yeah, I want to see that episode before that, so we should do that speechless. So I want to see that scene. I think there's some gunplay or something. There's some scene about guns under the table in that one. Uh, maybe I'm I can con it, convince. Yeah. Uh, maybe I can give, convince Kathleen and Tori to join us yeah. for speechless. I will work yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I had come from action shows too, so it wasn't that uh, this kind of you know I had just come off of Renegade. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I had to kind of kick them up stuff. The other thing that happens here in this episode too, um, in terms of the whole. The whole Valerie thing, uh, Brandon and um, Susan Keats are investigative journalists, and they and they uncovered that this this Professor Hayward has done a lot of this. Uh, yes, uh, you know, again, we got. It's always great when you can do a, a standalone story and get a lot of people involved in. It. We got a lot of people involved because we got Brandon and the paper and gave the paper again something they could really do and accomplish. And uh, Emma Caulfield playing Susan Keats. Really, uh, uh, you know, she really is. Uh, uh, people don't appreciate her enough. She's underappreciated uh, as as a character on this series because she really out Brandon Brandon. Uh, yeah, she, you know, and and Emma brought a, a real great spunk to it. And she's so nasty to Valerie because she knows Valerie as a slut. And then she comes becomes Valerie's savior yes. by pursuing this, the journalistic story and bringing in other people. The professor has done the same thing too. And so our our slut Valerie, who's afraid to go. <laughs> to court with it because of her reputation, which you, you totally understand. I mean, you know, they're going to tear her apart. And the guy, the guy tells her she's going to tear her apart. He's going to, she's going to be humiliated. And actually then at that point, she's ready to go. And then of course she's got people helping her. So the story as a one episode thing, really, I thought really played well. I mean, it's, it's, we don't do that a lot where there'd be a standalone story. 
That was unusual. Um, I want to, uh, it's funny oh, about Susan Keats. You, you said she's underappreciated and I kind of agree with you because there's a part of me, you know, there's all these clicks of like fans that like yeah. uh, Brenda and Dylan or Kelly and Dylan or yeah. Brandon and, but I really like Brandon and Susan. Like there oh, is some, I think I know why, because basically she dumps Brandon. I mean, no one dumps Brandon. Exactly. She dumped him. So, yes. I mean, that's why people hate her. Well, and I think it's, but I think it's like, I think they really challenge each other as actors and also as characters. I think that there's something really beautiful happening between the two. Uh, Molly, what was Emma Caulfield like uh, in those days? Do you remember doing stuff for her? Yes. And she was uh, most delightful um, and was friendly with the cast. Like they seemed to accept her and uh, she became friendly with Kathleen and Tori and um, but she was really great she was really straightforward and we did her in sort of suits yeah yeah part well, but, parts or parts of suits but you know th th there's this thing about uh, we talked about in the patreon too Larry about uh, she's an elevate. I said she's an elevated Andrea, right? Like, I mean, she's and I, in no disrespect to Gabrielle Carteris because Andrea is a wonderful character, right? But um, was there a was there any thoughts Molly on dressing her different than Andrea? Yes, because Gabrielle was older than the rest of the girls, mm -hmm. and she was very grateful for me not treating her like them. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, Molly, too, when before Cliff was talking about um, Rebecca and this thing about, you know, having a struggle of fitting in with the other girls on the on the show. Is that something that she would ever tell you about? You're the costume wardrobe person. You, you, you've probably have had conversations like that. Are you aware of stuff yeah, like that? I'll spill a little of that, but that's what I'm there for. So, you know. Are you at that point? You've heard it all before at that point, I would imagine. Like, this is not new to you. That I'm afraid <laughs> <laughs> You may have heard. Let me stop you here. I've heard it. <laughs> I've heard you before. Yeah, I heard about that one. Uh, so, anyway, this. This has been a really great. I'm going to leave now. Okay, Molly. Yes. Yeah. And how do I do that? No, I'm going to just remove you here. Yeah. Is bye, there my Molly? Um, anything else you have for Cliff here? Um, no, I mean I think we, you know we've had Cliff on before, but this particular episode though, it really you got you got to see how we really used his character and how he really delivered. Basically, he delivered, he delivered more than just the notes. I mean, he delivered yeah. this kind of feeling. And we just you know again this this plot was not our tr traditional kind of plot so it, it, you know when it works like that or, or we have a character like Stanley Campbell or you know or you know Wings Hauser like in our other detective plot it just really elevates the show and we can pull that off you know yeah and looking back I mean you know you looked at the episode and we asked you this last time Cliff but I mean this was a good experience nine hundred two one zero was a good experience for you I think you said last time. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I got to experience a lot of things in a very short amount of time, which was, you know, notoriety. I, you know, obviously got paid well. And, you know, it was it was really phenomenal. And, and I also it was my first real experience. In Who was your agent then, uh, Cliff? Who was your agent? At that time, you know what? I couldn't even tell you their name because they went out of business shortly thereafter. Oh. 
It was oh, such a long time ago. And it was my it was my first audition and first job. Wow. Um, so it was, a, you know, I started out a lot of that. Bang. Um, it, yeah, it was a, it was a wonderful uh, thing for me. And the other thing was I lived in uh, Sherman Oaks. So it was literally down the street. So I, I couldn't have gotten a better gig to start <laughs> off. Let me tell you. Yeah. So, and anyway. did you find that 90210 helped you at that time or some actors say no? Well, but I'm uh, I'll tell you a funny story. So I won't mention any names, but I had a friend on another spelling show and um, we went bowling. And I said, I'm on 90210, man. <laughs> this is going to do it for me. And he was like, and I was like, really? He said, yeah, it's a nighttime soap. And, you know, people might not take you seriously as an actor. And, you know, I had a very strong theatrical background. And uh, he was right. I didn't work for two years. Wow. Yeah, we understand the spelling curse. We've talked about it because I, like mm -hmm. I said, I, I never worked for Fox again after I left the show. Yeah. But listen, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was a fantastic gig. And yeah. It's interesting, too, because I think it's in today's day, if we had 90210 on a streamer or, you know, the way the world is set up, I don't think that that would have been a problem for, for anybody. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the 90s were a different time for Hollywood and for yeah. TV was not even a place where being talked about. Now we're only talking about TV. Really, yeah. we're talking about series. We're not really talking about films. I mean, I don't know the last movie outside of like the Batman stuff that, you know, you sit down and actually watch. Like most of it is all Euphoria or what Cruel Summer, whatever the new limited, thing is. Limited, ser limited yeah. series. It's interesting. I, I didn't know that other people felt that way about being on a spelling show. I didn't know that that was. Oh, for writers. Yeah, I remember getting off and, you know, trying to get a, a big agent. And he went, oh, boy. He said, it's just too bad you're not coming off a good show. A spelling <laughs> okay. show, you know. But I mean, like, listen, the funny like show, like we did 32 hours a year. Like, oh, what boy. are you talking about? It's I funny know, to it's me, too, because. And then Aaron, Aaron prevented you from getting work, also, Mr. Spelling. Mm. That was one of the things he, he, he delighted in. Mm. If you if you had success outside the spelling company, then that diminished his success. Hmm. Um, you know, how can I succeed if my friends don't fail? Come on, <laughs> Hollywood, let's go. Um, but, you know, it is interesting because 90210 was such a huge show. I mean, and we're still talking about it like you guys referenced earlier. I mean, we're talking about it 25 years later. I'm sure there's a lot of shows that were considered the big hit or the, the drama that was taken very serious that none of us are are talking about you know what i mean so we, we, we love to dance on their graves uh, peter uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just want to say one thing do we talk about the kissing in this enough do, do i it, mean you should before should... the thing because if you watch this episode and count all the seconds of kissing between uh <clears throat> dylan mckay and and tony marchette it's literally 40 seconds it's it breaks all records i, mm. I put it up against any show for the compilation of uh lapse time kissing just a credit to Luke and a credit right. to Rebecca. Uh, Larry, one more thing. It, it, um, where all these fans make these uh, their their picks, Kelly and Dylan, Brenda and Dylan, couldn't there be an argument made for Tony and Dylan? Oh, yeah. People love that couple. Yeah. I mean, look, they get the benefit of, you know, no future. So that's, that's <laughs> always, you know. Yeah. I mean, no. They, yeah. They were a wonderful couple. They look great together. They, you know. It was, there was hunger there, and I think she told there's us that desire, he he brought desire. her to the he brought her to the ta to the table, right? Didn't he? He brought her to yes. the show. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, after we had already uh, you know had Went our hearts broken about Carrie Russell, I think that you guys wound up okay though, because because Rebecca's incredible. Well, she was coming off a of soap. You know, she had never done prime time, so there's concern. She had been a soap actress. She had done uh, the Noxima. She was a Noxima girl, and she had done uh, a soap. I think loving. 
The thing is that she comes across. Uh, She's not like she's not like any of the other characters. You know what I mean? She is this sort of special character. She lives in this mansion. She's well, yeah, it's you know, like you a know hot I mean? house or you know, a flower. You know, you just she's exactly. a protected environment. And you know, she's had this guy he's grown up with the whole life. You know, this big lug kind of watched her instead of a nanny. You know, it's great. Allison says uh, Dylan was really happy with Tony. He seems so much lighter with her. So there we have it. We'll and, the ca- and the and the cat. That's right. Yes. Trouble. All right, this has been really great, guys. Um, thank you, Cliff, for joining us and, and hanging so out much. with us. Um, nice to you, Cliff. Yeah, and so next, next week we're going to try to put this together with uh, the most shocking moments. We're working on that behind the scenes, so make sure you guys all tune in for that. Larry, if someone wants to get your book, what is the best way to do that? I think if you go to LarryMullen.com, there are links to Amazon. I would start with the Samalo book and then move right into Cayuga, and by that time, Road to Shambhala will be available. That and the, the cool trilogy, the Max Dean trilogy, and and everybody's got to do this soon because April fifteenth, he's out of here. Yeah, he's, the promote, yes, the promotion is over. If you, yeah, you want he, one I mean, book, he, one book posted uh, gets you a signed you know, first draft of the Wrong Stone script, um, which is called then uh, the Voodoo that you do so well, and also in the in the script, the roadie does not say get out of here <laughs> on the day the actor improvised it. <laughs> he's. Cliff, he is the actor. He yes, was the right. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. That is correct. All right. Well, make sure you guys get out on this now because yes. he, and then there's going to be a lottery of, if you buy all three books. I'm going to throw names into a hat, and I've got all the other cool stuff to. Uh, the thing is, to, once to once once Larry goes to the East Coast, he does the podcast, but he's clamming. He's got, yeah, there's a lot not, of shit going no, on. That's you right. Know what I, mean? I don't I don't have an office. He's not going to pull the script. He's just you know maybe a digital download if you're lucky. But yeah. I mean, you I want a script digital download. Yes, but you want a script, this is the best way to make it happen. LarryMullen.com, make sure you go check it out. Thank you. You got it, my man. All right, everybody, this was a lot of fun. We will see you all next week. Take care.